Roar. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams and I'm your host today and I am joined by Pastor Trevor Main. Welcome, Pastor Trevor. Yeah, it's great to be here and glad to have other people joining in to our podcast. Yes, it's always a, it's a fun time. It's a great time, good time of learning. Um, so we are two messages deep into our Long Story Short 2.0 series. If you were with us last summer, you might remember that we took a walk through the Old Testament together and did stories like, well, first we started right at the beginning with Adam and Eve, and then um, there was Esther, the fiery furnace. Do you remember which one you did? Yeah, I got to jump in with the story of Samuel on learning to yep. listen, listen to God. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, we were on the boat with Jonah, and we had a lot of fun doing that. And so, again, this summer, we are, have chosen some different yeah. Old Testament yeah, there's stories. There's so many, so many gems in the Bible mm-hmm. or stories that there's way more than we can cover in two, even two different summer series. Yes. Uh, but it's so good to be able to go back and review some of these stories that maybe we remember uh, some, we may be introducing stories that you haven't even looked at before. Yeah, as, there were as a few that... Yeah. Uh, I wasn't as familiar with that we chose this summer, but uh, yeah, so you spoke on Daniel. Yeah, that's maybe one of the more familiar stories. Uh, Yes. You said when you hear the story of Daniel, it's sort of... uh, This one brings me back to childhood. This is one that I always remember and remember feeling like, ooh, this one always stuck out to me or it felt, um, I don't know, dangerous or Uh it felt like a big, you know, like a big deal. Like, you know, you could easily put yourself I think in Daniel's shoes when you hear about him being thrown in the lion's yeah. den. No, it's right? an amazing story when yeah. the pressure's on and maybe the temptation for him would have been to do everything he could to avoid being put in the lion's den yeah. but didn't and so he ended up face to face with those large cats one meter high two meters long up oh. to 500 pounds and uh, he came face to face and they're fierce like there's nothing you can none of us as a human is faster or stronger than a lion even a faster strong you know olympic athlete would not uh, outrun a lion (laughs) no when you learn to deal with the lions and lions attack uh, you're you're not going to likely do very well fighting a lion no so give us a bit of uh, background on daniel daniel such an interesting character Mm -hmm. an israelite Uh, living as a young man at the time when the Babylonians invaded Israel Mm -hmm. and the Babylonians carried off into captivity some of the most educated and promising people Mm -hmm. who were living in Israel and so Daniel got carried off to a foreign country and he was probably only 17 years old or so Mm -hmm. at the time and in Babylonia he was selected because of his good looks but he wasn't just a man with good looks. We also learned he was a man of integrity and also smart. Yes. And so he had a capability to learn. And so the king selected him and some of his peers, mm-hmm. the most promising young men, to be trained in all of the wisdom of Babylon to serve in the palace. Mm-hmm. Now, he was friends with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, who were you know, known for being thrown into the fiery uh-huh. furnace. And... Um, yeah, so yeah, they these were... Are, they're some of his peers. Yeah. yeah. Some of these Israelite young people, in this case, young men that were taken to Babylon and 
who we are inspired to see how they continue to serve God, even in the face of pressure in this mm -hmm. foreign country, when it might have been easy for them to say, well, we're not even at home anymore, our parents aren't around, but they remain true to God. Mm -hmm. So remind us what Daniel did. What was his job or his role um, serving the king? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, Daniel, he served numerous kings, and this mm -hmm. was something that surprised me as I got back into this story. Uh, we tend to think of it just all happened at the same time, all of these stories with Daniel involved. But Daniel served a number of different kings of Babylon from the first, Nebuchadnezzar, and then mm -hmm. Belshazzar, and then finally, when we get to the story of Daniel in the lion's den, he's serving a king named Darius. And Daniel, because of his skill, his wisdom, and his um, just a sharp, capable individual, he had become trusted as one of the government officials in the country. Mm -hmm. And by the time he was now in his late 70s or maybe even an 80-year-old, King Darius, a young king, uh, asked Daniel to serve as one of his chief officials. So this new king named 120 different princes to help govern the nation. And he put Daniel as the chief administrator over all of these other rulers. Mm -hmm. And so he had a very high position in government. Interesting. I, you know, I wonder if the king was intimidated by Daniel. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't think so. I think the king just held Daniel in high esteem. Mm -hmm. I don't think Daniel is an old man. I don't think uh, in his old age, I think he still maintained this godly character that I think was attractive to the king, that he, mm -hmm. he saw that he was a person of integrity, a person of wisdom. And he was, Daniel was able to do what no one else could do. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the past, there was a time when one of the kings said, I would like you to interpret my dream but he refused to tell the people his dream. And it was Daniel who was able, by praying to God and seeking God, God revealed the mystery to him. He was able to tell the king the dream mm -hmm. plus the meaning of the dream. And so Daniel had quite a reputation and was used by God in some pretty dramatic ways that he gained the respect of the king. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I just, I still think it's so interesting how old Daniel was yeah. Yeah. when oh. he was put in the lion's den. So can you paint a picture for us? What what happened? What is a lion's den? Where would they keep yeah. these lions? Well, there are not too many existing lion dens in the world, mm -hmm. but the ones that have been discovered by archaeologists and that are, they, they see them as sort of a pit or a, a building that goes down in the ground uh, with a opening at the top where they can either uh, throw food in or in this case, we're throwing people into the pit. And so the, the lions were captured and kept captive and used perhaps for entertainment in some different ways. But mm -hmm. in this case, could be a threat of punishment to make people do what the leaders wanted to do, to say, well, hey, we can throw you to the lions. Uh, some of the kings liked to hunt lions. They would mm -hmm. keep them captive and then release them and kill them as sport. Oh, and yeah. so these lions might have been in the den and been used for a number of different things. Uh, but in this case, it was a threat to the people comply with an edict that was published or be thrown to the lion's den. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so part of what you spoke about on Sunday was um, talking about lions in our lives. <laughs> Learning to live with the lions. Learning and here we are in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really have many lions around. Not unless you go to the zoo. <laughs> go to the zoo, uh, take a safari uh, in Safari Niagara or somewhere. But, um, but still, there are, and I tried to bring this out when I shared the story of Daniel, 
uh, how lions can be other things, other people that want to tear us down. Mm -hmm. And in this case, these 120 other princes were very jealous of Daniel. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so for me, they started to act like a pack of lions, like a pride Ah, of lions. And maybe their pride was motivating them to stalk Daniel and try to find a flaw in his character that they could pick on to bring him down mm-hmm. because they were jealous of the way that he was held in such high esteem by the by the king. And so finally they found a sneaky way in uh, to to pounce on the opportunity to attack his faith, mm-hmm. an area that they knew he wouldn't compromise in or they were hoping he wouldn't. And so they tricked the king into announcing an edict to ban prayer to anyone or anything other than the king for a period of 30 days. And if someone would pray to anyone or any god other than the king, the punishment was to be thrown to the den of lions. And so they published the ban, and Daniel learned of it. And then amazing, amazing thing. It says when Daniel learned of the edict, he went home and he went upstairs uh, and went in front of the windows that were open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees and he prayed as was his custom. He did that three times a day with regularity. And you know that his accusers or his the people who were stalking him were outside just looking to see if yep. he would do it again. Mm-hmm. And boy, they were happy when they saw he continued to kneel down and pray. And they ran off to the king and said, Daniel has broken the ban on prayer. He's praying to his God and he must be thrown to the lions. Ah. Oh. And then what choice did the king have? Boy, the king, he tried to find any way out of it. But according to the law of the Medes and Persians, once the edict was pronounced, it could not be changed. Mm -hmm. So with great reluctance, the king gave the order for Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. And just as that was happening, he said, Daniel, may the God whom you serve save you from the lion's Mm -hmm. mouth. I... I can't imagine what, like, do you think Daniel was sweating a bit? Or do you think, like, I wonder what his, I mean, I would like to think his confidence level that he just thought to himself, well, that's all right. Like, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that was his anticipated outcome? I don't know if Daniel, I'm, I'm thinking he's a lot like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, well, you know, I'm trusting in God and maybe the lions will kill me. Maybe they won't, but I'm going to trust the Lord no matter what. It doesn't say that there, but that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said yes. when they went into the fiery furnace. And it's interesting when, when Daniel faced this pressure mm-hmm. to, to not pray, um, he didn't just go home and close the windows and in secret yes. pray in night, um, pray a silent prayer. He just mm-hmm. continued to pray as was his custom. And so some of the things that I observed there was that when Daniel was faced with this pressure to do what was wrong, to give up something important to his faith, he didn't give in to fright. He didn't give in to fear. Mm-hmm. He didn't take flight. He didn't just run away and say, well, my time in Babylon's done. I got to sneak out of here and just leave town. Yeah. And then... Um, he didn't fight. He didn't say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my authority and my power or, or, and, yep. and try to get, wiggle my way out of this uh, to fight back against all these people who were attacking him. He doesn't say he tried to fight the lions and kill them himself as soon as he no. was thrown in. Uh, but it said he prayed. He, he, he served God continually mm-hmm. and he prayed. And so the big lesson for me out of this is when you're the prey, P-R-E-Y, when you're the prey, mm-hmm. people are out to get you, pray. 
And Daniel did that daily. Yep. Prayed and relied on God. God was the center of his life, mm-hmm. and he trusted God no matter what. He stayed the course. He exactly. was steadfast. Oh, what a good lesson. Yeah. What a good lesson for us. Um, what are some lions in our lives? Can you give us an example? Yeah, I, I think peer pressure might be mm-hmm. one of those. Maybe it's a little bit subtle, but when your peers don't necessarily share your faith and convictions, they could be coworkers at work, they could be schoolmates at school, they could be friends in your neighborhood, your neighbors, mm-hmm. cousins, family. family yeah. yep. And uh, they might put the pressure on for you not to practice your faith, not to serve God continuously. And they could impose some consequences. You know, if you do this, we're not going to invite you over. If you do this, you're going to be an outcast. If you do this, we're going to speak bad of you. And it could be worse. I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine. I don't know what you, Mm -hmm. Julia, those kind of things. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree that, um, yeah, even, um, even reserving time for, you know, or if you have an invitation to go somewhere on a Sunday morning to say, you know, oh, you know, well, that's, I've set that time aside to to go to church or be with my church family or things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. These are things that would want to, would, would try to make God less of a priority mm, for us. Yes, I see. Because that's one of the things I see. Daniel was just consistently serving God continuously. That's said a number of times throughout the book of Daniel. Daniel served God continuously. Mm-hmm. And then we see that illustrated in him regularly praying three times a day. He did this sort of this pattern, this holy habit of prayer mm-hmm. uh, that enabled him to stay true to God no matter what else was happening around him. Yeah. And you would think, you know, if that wasn't what was on his heart, if he was doing it out of a habitually instead of do you know what i mean yeah it was sincere i believe it was was still sincere he he had a pattern but it was Mm -hmm. a pattern rooted in in a sincere desire to develop his walk with god and and to stay close to god yeah what a what a bold example of faith yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i shared an example and i think it's worthy maybe just can i mention it here at the end of a bicycle wheel Mm -hmm. and how i think daniel had god at the center of his life and all of the other parts of his life his responsibilities in government uh, his his other responsibilities just to take care of things in life all revolved around God as the center and yes. the hub. And so it didn't matter what happened around him. Uh, he always looked to God and gave God the priority. And I think that's a challenge for us too, to keep God in the center of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that that is, is expressed is through our prayer to him, that we're praying to God regularly throughout the day. And that will help uh, keep us safe when we are threatened by pressure and things and people that would want to push us away from God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's excellent. That's a that's a good thought to close on. Thank you very much. Um, if you would like to get in touch with Trevor with any, if you've got any questions or um, would like to discuss this any further, you can reach him at Trevor at WayneFleetBIC.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me um, with any podcast suggestions or feedback i'd love to hear from you as well and you can reach me at julie at waynefleetbic.com so we thank you for joining us we're glad that you chose to spend some time with us and we hope that you um, enjoyed it and learned something and we look forward to connecting with you next week have a wonderful week